Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bowdoin Sports Podcast presented by the Polar Bear Fund. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. Well, as we entered February and we turn our sporting calendar to the Winter Olympics over in Korea, uh, in South Korea, and uh, I thought it'd be really great, really timely to have Caitlin Miller, class of 2014 at Bowdoin College, who was recently selected, named to the 2018 U.S. Olympic team. She'll represent the, the country as a cross-country skiing event, and uh, she'll be the 20th cross, one of 20 cross-country skiers to Team USA. So first of all, Caitlin, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, just first of all, Caitlin, I'd just like to go back, growing up, um, what was it like? How did you get involved with cross-country skiing, or did you not get involved much? Just tell us uh, what you were like as a child in getting involved with skiing overall. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I started out pretty long, young. Probably my parents plopped me on skis when I was about two. And it was essentially just a, a family activity, something we did for fun. We'd just go out on the trails and wander around and explore, um, you know, something we did with family and friends. I started with a youth program in Stowe, Vermont, probably when I was around seven or eight. Um, and so that's how we, you know, made more connections with people in the area and didn't really start racing. You know, I jumped in a few races in my elementary school years, and then it wasn't really until middle school, late middle school, early high school that I started taking it a little more seriously, um, really entirely driven by my own interests, my parents were, you know, athletic people, but never, never racers or competitors on their own. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a community, really community-supported program. Um, and I actually, so I'm currently on a team based out of Craftsbury, Vermont, the Craftsbury Green Racing Project. And in high school, I skied for essentially the junior version of that program um, in Craftsbury, Vermont. So my coach from high school is, once again, my, my coach now, which is really great, um, but yeah, it basically it was basically a, a family fun activity. We did a whole variety of skiing from like groom trail skiing to marathon to backcountry skiing. So it's sort of a really a lifestyle that morphed into um, kind of a competitive outlet for me. And then as you progressed through high school, and then how did you go about choosing Bowling College? And did you know that you wanted to always pursue cross country skiing at the college level? I would say it was my junior year I knew for sure, junior year of high school I knew for sure I wanted to I wanted to pursue skiing in college. And I think the East has a really a really fun circuit, um, the EISA circuit. Pretty much I think we raced every weekend except one off weekend. Um, and it's just a really a really fun community of, you know, college racers. And so I was pretty excited about that and uh, wasn't you know, looked at a variety of schools in the East, and um, I think what really sold me on Bowdoin was actually I came and talked with the coach, had an interview with, with Coach Alsobrook, and then um, spent the night with one of the current skiers. And I think just the, you know, the supportive, friendly um, atmosphere of the team, you know, the, the, like, academic commitment of the people I interacted with when I visited, and just sort of the welcoming environment was really what um, what what made me end up zeroing in on Bowdoin and deciding to apply early. And then talk about, too, let's progress into your, your college experience. What was it like freshman and sophomore year being a young member and, and you know, getting involved with the, uh, the Nordic cross-country racing? Yeah, um, it was really great. The team was really welcoming. Um, 
we had a great senior captain my freshman year, Grace Hinman, um, and it was a pretty small women's team at the time, and so you, I got to know everyone on the team really well, really quickly, and it's a very, a very tight-knit group, um, and, you know, Nathan was a really, you know, very welcoming, he really worked, like, individually with the athletes to help them set a training plan and goals that worked for them, um, so that was really helpful, and I really, I really enjoyed the racing the racing the college circuit, and I would say the, my freshman and sophomore year weren't outstanding results-wise. In fact, I really struggled sophomore year um, with some health things, and so it wasn't, you know, they weren't. It wasn't really the results I would say that were were driving or motivating me at that point. Um, it was just really the love of skiing, feeling like you were racing for more than just yourself, supporting a team. Your result mattered, you know. For, for personal reasons, but more to me it mattered for the team and scoring. And um, and it wasn't until my junior year that my results started improving and started kind of working their way up. Um, and I think it was at that point that I started thinking, hmm, maybe, maybe this is something I would consider doing after college full-time. Um, but my, my love of the sport and my love of being on the team never wavered depending on my results. But... And then take us back, just I'm interested, typical college day. How do you balance school, racing? I know your practicing was a good 20, 25 miles away from campus. How did that all balance out for you in a typical winter, say a Tuesday in college? Oh, Tuesdays, those were, those were the roughest of days. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it just, you, I look back on it now, and sometimes I'm kind of impressed that I was able to balance all of that. Um, but, you know, at the time, it was all, all things I really loved doing and made it work. Um, but let's see, Tuesday morning, I was usually awake around 6 because we had morning practice for those of us who had afternoon labs. Um, and I was a science major, so I had quite a few labs, mm. as well as most, I would say, when I was on the team, a lot of the athletes were science majors. So a lot of us had quite a balancing act on our hands. Wow. Um, but, yeah, we would, we would drive over to Pineland, Pineland Farms in Gloucester, and in the morning which that was probably my favorite time of the day just even though it's maybe hard to get out of bed at six in the morning once you were there and like it was just a really frosty morning air and a lot of times we'd watch the sunrise so it was just it was really gorgeous um get back to campus you know shower eat breakfast get myself to class and usually i was functioning pretty well through lunch by the time i got to you know the one o'clock afternoon lab and like pre-lab discussion it was when I'd, I'd start struggling with the staying awake part of things but um then once it got to like the hands-on part of lab it was pretty good to go but yeah they were long days and then um and then sometimes in the afternoon we would you know we would um I guess we only had double sessions on Tuesdays and Fridays with strength um but yeah so sometimes in the afternoon we'd be training again and then dinner and homework and hopefully to bed not too late I think it's been a really incredible, incredible season for Boda Nordic. Um, I know the team has been having the best results they've ever seen, and um, I'm just really, really excited for for what's what's in store for the rest of the season. I know there's always the team has always been, you know, it's always consisted of a lot of really dedicated individuals, really hardworking individuals. Um, Nathan is is incredibly dedicated to the team, and I think it's really exciting to see some of those, those pieces fall into place and to be able to get some of the best results 
the best results the team's seen. Um, you know, we've had individual standout results, but it's never really, really come together the way it is now. And it's, it's really exciting, and I'm so happy for the team. You know, I don't, I, that's what pe- I don't know if people realize when they watch the Olympics and the the amount of devotion that you guys go through, uh, and the, you know, you really you get the attention once every four years, but all that, the work you've done in college and after college, it, it really, really adds up. Yeah, no, it, it for sure does. Does, and I think a lot of times it's just the little things, the daily routines. I think in college, when you are balancing academics, there's certain stuff that that lets that you have to let slide. And I definitely was, you know, sick a little more in college just because. You're not really getting the sleep you need, but that's college life, and I enjoyed it all. So. And then, do you, going back to Bowdoin, your time at Bowdoin, you graduated in 2014. Uh, do you take any of those moments that you've learned balancing to your post-graduation career, and uh, did you immediately go full-time into cross-country skiing? Yeah, I did, and I think part of me wondered if I would be missing something. I wanted to see what... Um, what training and racing full-time would be like to see what improvements I could make with that level of dedication. And um, what's nice about the program I'm in now is we also work, we're based out of a nonprofit in Craftsbury, the Craftsbury Outdoors Center. And so in exchange for the support we receive, we actually work for the center on a part-time basis. And so I think in that regard, it reminds me a little bit of having more of like a, a Bowdoin sense to the structure in my day and that we train um, morning and evening, but during the middle of the day, we're working on various work projects, whether it's helping coach um, our junior skiers, the mountain bike program, or helping in the garden. You know, there's sometimes we help with web projects, updating um, the center's webpage. Uh, there's a whole, whole slew of different um, projects at the center that we help out with, so I think it's really nice just to have a mental a mental break so your whole day isn't isn't about training and racing because I do think there's a level of burnout that's possible with that sort of uh, that sort of mental focus so I think it really helps to to have a variety of activities in the day and it really the work we do at the center really helps provide a sense of community where we work with the community members as well as um, the staff and other employees at the outdoor center so it really it really gives everyone on the team kind of a sense of place and a sense of pride in the team that we're on. I think, you, it, in a way, it's similar to how you feel about Bowdoin, where you know when you go, when you go to the race circuit, you're not just representing yourself and your team, but sort of where you come from and your community and what your community stands for. And now let's fast forward to the current uh, season. You did very very well in the nationals championships, uh, third overall, second American, and one point three. Kilometer Classic and fourth overall, second American in the freestyle competition. Um, just talk about how you progress and your your mindset going into this most recent stretch. And was your goal always to make the Olympics, or did it kind of just fall into place for you? Um, in some aspects, it, it it did fall into place. I mean, I was very aware of the fact that obviously this was an Olympic year, and the possibility was there to qualify. But I think for my own mental stability and to get the get the most out of myself in a race environment i kind of took it you know day at a time race at a time um and basically took the steps that i knew would get me hopefully the best result which for me wasn't so much focusing on that end result but focusing on you know hopefully a smooth travel day eating well sleeping well um 
you know, doing the proper workouts, getting proper nutrition, and sort of um, keeping myself focused in that sense and just taking it step at a time, really. And then take us to the moment you found out you are going to make the Olympics. Uh, first Noradic skier in Bonin history. Uh, just talk about where you were and how you found out uh, you're going to South Korea. Yeah, so I was actually I was at home in Crossbury and I got a call, and I really, really was not expecting the call. It was the day before they were planning to make the official announcement, and um, I I knew I was possibly on the bubble for the criteria, but I wasn't really sure which way it would go. And since it was you know the day before the announcement, I I was very you know comfortable with the fact that. I would not be named and you know so getting that phone call was a complete shock and a surprise just in the best possible way um a huge surprise yeah and then since then take us through has it been a whirlwind and just talk about the logistics of when you will go to korea and and your plan to uh what you'll be like there before your event i know your event is the last event of the calendar uh olympic schedule so you might have some time it has been a bit of a whirlwind for sure. I think probably the most special the most special part of it has been everyone I've heard from and just the support network, you know. It just it's been really, really touching and just really inspiring to hear from so many people and how excited they are and, and happy and I think and you know, i I was obviously excited to reach this goal, but in a way it's been more more fun to see how excited everyone else has been. Um so yeah, it, it has been a bit of a whirlwind, um, and I'll actually be going over later in the games, um, which will allow me to do a little bit more racing uh, stateside before I head over, um, which I think, you know, gives me a little more time to process before I before I land in Korea and it all becomes real. Definitely still feels, still feels like a dream. <laughs> Have you heard from any fellow Bowden Olympians? I know Joan Bennett Samuelson. 1979 uh, marathon gold medalist. There's, there's overall, there's been, I think, about seventh Bowen graduates to make the Olympics. Yeah, no, I haven't, but I've actually, I, I've talked with, um, with Joan a few times just while I was at Bowdoin. Um, wow. Uh, she was at some of our races, so I've, I've definitely talked with her before, but not, no, not since. Um, but yeah, no, it's neat. I, I was reading that there were seven others, which is pretty cool. And, and two, what did you say, two gold medalists? Uh, three, believe it or not, 1924, Fred Toll and Jeffrey Mason, 1923. Uh, so there's been three, and who knows, maybe you'll be four. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm just interested in the last couple questions we have here. What is your mindset? Take us into your head as you're competing in the event. Do you, what do you hear? Do you see the crowd? Um, what, just, just kind of what goes through your mind as you're competing in one of these events? Or are you just laser-focused? No, I mean, it definitely, depending on the environment, you know, other other thoughts do creep in there and you do try to maintain focus. And I think sometimes if I'm, you know, if my thoughts are straying or, I'm, you know, to regain focus, I sometimes, even just like before the start of a race, just tell myself like, okay, I've done this before. Even if my mind is maybe wandering, you know, like my body knows what to do when I get to that start line and the gun goes off. Um, like I have a plan. I'm going to follow that plan. And so I think with experience uh, you gain sort of a a little bit of an inner confidence that even if your head is maybe in a funky place your body will your body will take over it it knows what to do um and i think a lot of times the crowds and the cheering can really be um really be a motivating factor like a a good influence and 
really fun. I know it's it's always really exciting to see familiar faces on the side of the trail. Do you think it will ever hit you maybe when you look back now from the Olympics and like, wow, back in Vermont or back at Bowdoin College, now look where I am in, in Korea, the Olympics against other countries and representing the United States. Do you think that has hit you quite yet? Um, it, it, it hits me on and off. I'll definitely sit there and be like, whoa, if you told me a year ago this is what I'd be doing, I would not have believed you. And even even when I left Bowdoin to, to ski full-time, um, even results I was getting two years ago, if you told me when I left Bowdoin that that's, those are the results I was seeing, I don't think I would have quite quite thought it possible. So it's been it's been quite quite a journey. And are there any other events that you want to take in, maybe as you're over there, and any other events that interest you throughout the Winter Olympics? Yeah, I'm really hoping to see um, some of the biathlon races. I have some teammates who will be, there's actually five other women um, from my program who will be competing over there as well. Three three of us total in cross-country and three in biathlon. So I'm hope, hoping to see some biathlon races, and I believe I'll be over there, hopefully to watch the cross-country relay as well. I need to check the calendar and figure out figure out the timeline. And then, yeah, so definitely, definitely some And, you know, last question. Do you have any final words to any young people who might be into cross-country skiing who might look to you as a role model and say, wow, she made it all the way from Bowdoin College to the Olympics? Um, I would say just just keep doing what you love. If you love cross-country skiing and it's fulfilling to you and you enjoy it, just, you know, it's not – just keep working. Keep Keep doing what you like. Keep working hard at it and – I think it, it ultimately has to come to regardless. You have to love it regardless of what the end game gives you, I think. Um, you need to know like, whether you make your goal or not that you're doing something you're enjoying and um, just keep having fun with it. Well, Caitlin Mailer, let us know, first of all, when can people potentially see you? I know there's no guarantee that you will race over there, but when will your event be and where can uh, the alums check you out, Bowdoin College? Um, so it would be, I believe it's the 25th is the possible event, um, the 30K. And then, yeah, I'm um, the uh, Green Racing Project Facebook page and Instagram accounts will probably be following it, um, as well as my personal account, uh, my personal Instagram account and Facebook page as well. Well, that's awesome. We can't say congratulations enough. I know the Bowdoin community is proud of you and Vermont, and really across the nation as you represent Team USA. Best of luck, and I hope you really enjoy your experience over in South Korea at the Olympics. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you once again for joining us. Thank you.